Hey, this is Tim Jones, creator of the Sour Grapes comic strip, and you're listening to the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. <coughs> Hello. 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 <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the continued podcast adventures of Superhero Speak. But I think many of the people that love this character and that love superheroes in general have used these stories as inspiration to say, you know what? I'm going to do something good in the world. I'm going to make a difference like my hero when I was a kid. That is my fondest memory of it because when, you, when you're doing comic books, you want them to affect people. Right. You want people to care. You want, you want to strike emotions. And I knew that that clone saga was striking a lot of emotions. Can you imagine uh, Pulp Fiction starring Goofy and uh, Mickey Mouse? I can totally imagine that. I'm sure somebody's written that one too. Quarter with cheese in France, Mickey. What? Royale with cheese, Mickey. I can totally see. I would would watch the hell out of that movie. Yes, I gladly sacrifice that my my progeny to you, a mighty Marvel beast. (laughs) But Neil Adams is somewhere going, "Hmm, it's it's my time. How do you measure success? Hey, everyone. You're listening to Superhero Speak, and I'm your host, Dave. And John. And JD. And we are back again. This is episode 371. I just, you know. That's it? (laughs) No, seriously. We've been doing this for seven years. There should be a lot more than that, shouldn't there? Well, there is more technically because of the other stuff that we've recorded that's all available on the website, superiorspeak.com, but I was thinking, man, we're getting close to 400, so. Oh. Oh. Yeah. That means more work. <laughs> we'll see if we ever, if we ever get there. Um, How can we not? We're like a machine. Well, uh, there are pod, there are podcasts that like started a week ago that have already ended and we keep on going. That's because we don't know any better. This is true. How I'm just is so long for the ride, man? I'm just <laughs> long for the ride. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious how everyone's week is. In fact, JD, have you heard of any good Kickstarters lately? Uh-huh. I, as, as a matter of fact, I have. This morning I pressed the launch button on the Harvest Moon Special Edition Horror Novel. I had to make sure I got the term Horror Novel in the titles. So people knew what they were buying. Kickstarter going. And in six hours, it was funded. And now as it's uh, 8.30 you, you know, Eastern Standard Time, uh, we are at like almost 200% funded. So it's been the best day I've had on Kickstarter. And one day in Kickstarter, I, I out earned what I did in like the last two or three months on Amazon. So, uh, it's been going, it's been going really, really well. See, but there's still a lot more, there's still a lot more room. There's still more stuff to be had. There's still more great books to be given away. And I still need more backers. <clears throat> hey, uh, hey, um, JD. Yes, sir. Where's the level where I get a kiss from you? I don't see it here. That's off. That's off the board. Oh, Mary. Who, who got that? I just heard you oh, talking about how many that. girlfriends you have, and I don't need to be messing around with nobody. The COVID. Hey, world, number man. five is open, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Oh, wait a minute. Just give me your money. That's all I want. The the the, the highest. Uh, tier reward you have uh, 600 and 
699 bucks. The original cover painting though. Who did the painting? My buddy Rich Clark, who did uh, who did Deluge, the the first comic that I did, he is a phenomenal artist, and it's mm-hmm. that gory, beautiful, grody looking werewolf that's on our uh, our, our image pages tomorrow. The typeset should be in, so you actually see how it looking in cover form. But yeah, that original, that one piece of original art can be someone's if they are willing to shell out the right amount of money. Now, yes. if I sign up for the be a victim of the wolf. I, I I want a gruesome death, man. I mean, I want it to go on for pages. I want entrails. I me too. I, Not for me, for John. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> John, I will hook I will hook you up and murder you softly. Awesome. <laughs> for the right price. All you need to do is just tap that back tap that back button on the card and uh, just let the money come rolling in. Uh-huh. And and of course, for everyone listening. There is a link in the description of the episode. Make sure you go and support JD because he's got a kid to support people. Come on. And this is what he wants to do for a living. Help for, him real, out. for real though, this actually has been, I've done three kicks. This is the third Kickstarter. This is, it had a really small ask. I only asked 500 bucks. I didn't know how it would go, how this would go over. And this was more of a relaunch than an actual launch. Mm-hmm. So I kept it small, but we have just, this is far and away the best single day I've ever had on the platform. Like it's, it's going really, really well. Like I'm, I think from now on, all of my books will go through Amazon. I'm sorry, will go through Kickstarter first before going to Amazon. It's uh, this is like a no-brainer. So it's going great. I've been. I don't know if you guys are aware, but I've been hyping the crap out of this thing everywhere. We we have we 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 didn't notice. I am on. And, I am. I am on podcasts on podcasts on podcasts. Yes, yes. You were just on uh, Take a Knee, correct? Mm-hmm. I was on, okay, so I did Take a Knee from Marvel vs. DC with my boys, regular Scott and Uncle Oz. I did the, uh, Omega, Omega Level Nerds podcast with our guy D Squared and Volsker last night. I did the, um, <clears throat> the, oh shoot, the, the, the collision course one with my guys, uh, Evan the Great and, um, JVD. They did a very, they, you would like this actually. They did a, they do a conflict between, I was so overmatching this. They took Daredevil and Hawkeye, and uh, Daredevil and, and, um, um, Green Arrow, excuse me. And they did like a D&D style battle between them in three different locales. And I was like way over out of my element, but it was a lot of fun. It was oh. a super fun podcast. Um, and I've got a, an amateur wrestling podcast coming up later tonight and I'm recording. I'm doing another episode. I think I'm doing an episode of Soul Wizard coming up this week. So I'm, I got my, I am, I am in full shill mode. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Soul Wizard reached out to you. Well, cause I said, Hey, who wants me on the show? Oh, on their shows. <laughs> like I was, I'm, I am, I am, I'm a whore, man. I'm on, I'm on the street corner. I'm well, like, give me money. I got well, werewolves. Well, well, don't, don't worry. We've got the, the, um, the subliminal second track of audio going on this podcast now. And, and, so. and, and There's I, no subliminal. This is superliminal. <laughs> I, I, Get on the Kickstarter. I, 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 I love Joey, uh, Markellis, Arby. I love you guys, but. Stop trying to promote the episode by saying I was winning. I'm only bringing the level down. <laughs> and, and get ready for that, JD. They'll be saying, oh, featuring JD from Superheroes Pizza. I'm ready. <laughs> Let's see. Kickstarter login. Highlight of today was uh, Dean Wesley Smith, one of my favorite writers and uh, like a kind of a I don't even call him a mentor because I don't know him, but he's a guy whose work I've studied for both the business and the writing aspect. Like he backed my project today. So it was like, holy moly, nothing else matters. Cool. Like someone legit said I had an awesome Kickstarter campaign and, and just between the video and like the work that I put in. So um, Tyler James, man, the dude knows the stuff. You want to learn how to do this stuff? Comics launch. Cool. Is that it? Is that is that all your news, J.D.? Anything else exciting going on? 
No, but I'm going to say it again at the end of the show. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> how about you, John? How's your uh, how's your love life? I mean, how how are things with you? <laughs> Let me tell you something. Uh, That's how my I... son says every conversation. Let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 just saying that dating at my age sucks. Um, although at the same time, this is the most action I've ever gotten in my life. So. Um, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the fact that I lost some weight and took new pictures, or maybe it's the fact that I'm probably one of the only sane people, sane men who doesn't, you know, send, let's say, just say bad pictures to, to the women, or I don't know. I don't know what it is. All I know is that, um, I've just, I've just been dating a lot lately. So that's, it's like that thing in Cocoon. When all yeah. those, play all those things in the pool and ever the old people start getting happy and excited again. Well, that's what you got going on I, right now. I, I, I'm I, not I, that old, James. <laughs> Jeez, thanks. I think, I think I know what the answer is, John. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I announced that I wasn't ready to date and I took myself off the market. So you're. Oh, you know, and I'm just, I'm just, yeah, I'm just. You're the uh, consolation prize. Consolate, right? That's <laughs> that's awesome. Ah. <sighs> uh, well, how about you, Dave? Oh, I'm not ready to date yet. I, I actually have had an interesting long, um, but some of it has to do with our, our, our topic of discussion tonight, which we'll get into. But mm. I, I, I call it adventures in comic book reading. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll get to it. Don't worry. Um, interesting, though. But I, uh, uh, you know, I've been hitting the gym. Um, it, it's so funny because, like, I'm starting to get to that point where, like, I can see my veins, and I'm like, this is weird. Why does this happen? <laughs> good for you. That's a good sign. I know, well, but it's like, what are those weird things? Why is it when you get more muscle mass, your veins start to pop out? Because that's your reward. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Like, you flex, and you can see these cool veins. I got one that goes through my bicep. It's the baddest thing in the world, man. I, I, it's just like, it's it's God's way of saying, you're working hard. Here's uh, This is a gift for me to you. It's, um... <laughs> I like that. I like that. But I always think of um, Hugh Jackman when he was talking about working out for the Wolverine movies. And it's like, you get these snakes going through your arms. That dude got shredded for those movies. Yeah. That's that's huge jacked man for you. So Such a difference from the first one, though. Well, yeah. Like, he was in shape, but he wasn't like... The pharmaceuticals were probably a lot different than those latter ones. <laughs> I feel so uh, like such a girly man next to you two swole bros, you know? Uh, but it's also, it's one of those things where like, yeah, I wasn't feeling well and I got up early this morning, but I still pushed myself to go. And John, you could do it too. It's easy. Just get up early, go to the gym for an hour in the morning. <coughs> I, I already run every day. <laughs> yeah, but you want to, you know, you just said you feel, you feel like a girly man. You want to get jacked. You got to lift weights. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I, I pick up everything hey, to put them down. <laughs> excuse me, I go on to the I, I go onto the treadmill and I walk three miles with two four pound weights in my hands. Uh-huh. So, and that's on alternate days when I'm not out hitting the pavement. So, okay, miss. Um, oh, so, I, and I will. I'm going to say this too. Like, um, I can't. The the, the I've been watching the TBS uh, and. <laughs> They've been showing a lot of commercials for DC fandom, and yeah. 
<laughs> there is something about them playing the Superman, the original Superman theme from the mm-hmm. 70s movie. And I'm like, man, you guys know your target audience. I can't wait for this thing. It's true. They're being smart about it. Oh, yeah. They have, they have to spin the disaster of the last couple of weeks. We're fine. Look how great we are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, and a lot of news has been trickling out from there, like a lot of bad stuff. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, oh, yeah. We talked about some of it last week. We talked about a lot and of it last week. A lot of it, was, a lot of it, nobody knew until after we, we put out that podcast. There's been a lot of other bad stuff. I mean, I don't know how they're going to, I, I seriously don't know how they're going to survive this. Well, this is what DC does. Like, I was talking about this with uh, D Square last night. Like every every decade or so, they have some horrific business thing. Like remember the DC implosion of 1978? Then they were fine, and then they moved out to California and they fired a bunch of people and they did the new 52, which business wise did really well for them for a while. And this is this is just DC. It's only going to it's only going to really hurt them if somebody high up in Warner Brothers finally goes, you know what? The only thing that's worth anything out of that is the intellectual property of the characters. What do we need comics for anymore? There's plenty of those that exist, you know? Yeah, I don't think they would actually just stop doing it because, like, who wants who wants no money? Like, I, I'm of the mind they would <laughs> probably just take it – they'd probably just license it out. Yeah. Cause yeah they, they, oh, yeah, because nobody's learned their lesson from what happened with Marvel. I mean, if they did it right, they could have what Marvel no, no. has. He's but not they... talking about licensing out the for the movies. He's talking about licensing out for the books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about like IDW or something like that would would publish those characters. Yeah. Like... Oh, yeah, they could give it to somebody like Vertigo. Who? Oh, that's right. Well, and, and but, <laughs> but 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 in all honesty, it's like I mean, those guys. I, you know, we all know a lot of those guys, and they all mm-hmm. jump from company to company. So it wouldn't be a huge deal for, you know, um, and they've all worked on these characters too. Right. You know, so you could see Eric Larson doing a Batman book brought to you by IDW. You know, it's like, it's not a big deal. So no, it, it could happen. I don't think it's going to because they just named two, two EICs. So I don't think they're planning it. I think they're just kind yeah. of stripping the company down and then they'll rebuild, you know, corporate restructuring. That's what it is. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, uh, crappy things. Let's uh, let's do a little social media madness. Um, For once you uh, got that segue right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we had talked about uh, Nia DaCosta. DaCosta, thank you. Uh, going to be humming the uh, <clears throat> pardon me, the Marvel 2 movie and of course Timothy Jones had to chime in. He said she's an award-winning new director with Little Woods and her first film with Tessa Thompson. Oh, as her first film with Tessa Thompson. So I think she'll do a good job. Maybe she'll bring Valkyrie into Cap Marvel too. I won't. I won't see Candyman horror movies scare me. That's, That's their job. Sour grapes. Oh, <laughs> their jobs are hard to scare you. Um, I was hoping if, that they'd bring Spectrum into it, considering. Considering what? Considering that. The little girl, her best friend's little girl, was going to be Spectrum, right? Well, actually, she was a a, a different version of. She was a, the original female Captain Marvel. Well, yeah, who also became, became Spectrum. Spectrum. Like, right. they, they, that, yeah, that the name changed quite a bit. Like, yes. From you know, there was a lot of name switching with the Captain Marvel thing. Are we uh, talking about Monica Rambo? How? Yeah. She's bouncing yeah. Her of Photon and uh, oh gosh, I can't. Yeah, remember. she 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 was Captain Marvel. Then somebody else took the name Captain Marvel, so she 
took the name Photon, and then they fought, and (laughs) it got weird. (laughs) Yeah, there's been no mention of, like, were were they disappeared for five years or not? Because, like, then she would be, you know, a teenager at this point, and, you know, they could easily uh, do something with her, so. Maybe, yeah. I mean, she, yeah, she's, she's, her power level, she's actually, um, more powerful than Captain Marvel, actually, if, if you go by the canon, so. She's quite right. powerful. Quite powerful. She's an Omega level threat, basically. I don't know. There's still a lot of rumors that they might throw in, uh, Miss Marvel, so we'll see. And um, she's been trending a lot, so. Regular, regular Scott had a good idea for who should be the, the villain for Captain Marvel, too, and I didn't think about this. What's Rogue. That? Rogue. Yes. A lot of people want that. Yeah, oh, I, I love that and that's how that's how Rogue got her like yeah. standard abilities. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We get a little bit of binary action too. Well, that boy, that means something very different now than did 1983. Um, <laughs> <laughs> didn't mean that. Oh, didn't God. mean like that until I said it. No, um, no. The character, <laughs> the character of binary, that is what becomes of Captain Marvel yes. or Miss Marvel, whatever you want to say. So that could be interesting for the movie. You know, I'm all, mm. I'm, I'm game. Hey, and you're introducing uh, the the mutants into it. An interesting way to introduce the mutants, too, where mm-hmm. they're suspect and they are dangerous if looked at from the S.H.I.E.L.D. perspective, which I think is a great way to introduce them. So, yeah, here's hoping. Well, it's going to be S.W.O.R.D., not S.H.I.E.L.D., but that's a whole other story. Yeah, there's S.W.O.R.D. S.H.I.E.L.D. because... Swords in space. I don't know. We'll see what happens. That's why he was in a giant space station at the end of Infinity I know. War. I know. I know. Or I no, it was it. Captain Marvel. Which one was it? Infinity War. Infinity, yeah. yeah. No, um. No, that was Captain Marvel. Yeah, it was Captain Marvel. Was it, was it Captain Marvel? Yeah, be- yeah, it was Captain. Was it? Oh, I don't remember. My God. Yes, because <laughs> they reveal that uh, that oh. it was a scroll the whole time, and then he was on. No, it was Spider Man. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. Spider Man too far from home. Yeah. That's right. Wow. There's so many. My see. DC could have done this, where you you can't even keep all the movies straight because there's so many of them and they're you, all you good. You can't even keep the after credit scenes straight. I know, damn it. But yeah, yeah, it was far from home. Because everyone keeps thinking of the the uh, J. Jonah Jameson scene as the after credit scene, but there were two. So yeah, well, of course, it was Marvel. There are like five, probably three hidden ones. Um, <laughs> so so we had uh, talked about Tron three. And Jarrett Leto, and it looks like they are definitely going forward with it. Yeah, we'll and, see. Um, Dr- Dreganix? I don't know. At Levine Maelstrom is the handle on Twitter said, I will say a thousand times, Jarrett Leto should not be anywhere near this movie. Get him, get that psycho out of here. <laughs> he should have been Candyman. <laughs> Uh, no. <laughs> well, it's a horror movie. You want horror? No. Having, having him act in a movie is horrible. So not candy, man. <laughs> uh, so yeah. No. Um. I don't know anyone who says this is a good idea. I know a single one. Yeah. Not. I have found not a single person. So it makes. It's one of those things I've always said. I think sometimes they float ideas out there to see how the audience reacts, and then. They can turn around and go, oh no, that was just a rumor. We weren't really thinking that. You know. It's a good way to beta test an idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, they're trial ballooning it. <laughs> um, oh, yes. And, and so, uh, so, yeah, again, I, I was a guest on, uh, Superhero, I mean, Superhero, so Wizard. And, uh, you, you have, uh, this to look forward to, JD. They'll make a cartoon of you as well. Did you see that tweet? I did. I did. I'm not sure how I feel about it. 
<laughs> At least they won't Photoshop my head in a damn vampire like someone did once, so, you know. Hey, 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 hey. It was <laughs> your vampire for your book. It was my vampire and it was my head. I still wasn't appreciative of it. <laughs> Sir. No, no, that wasn't me. That was a former co-host whose oh. job you took. Oh. So he put well, a guess, lot of work into that. I guess I won. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god. And then uh this took me by storm. Um at storm. This took me by surprise. Uh the reality indie adventures um on Twitter, uh, indie adventure, indie adventure comics. Um, so we had talked about John Wick four and five being filmed back to back, and we were kind of all excited about it. Uh, and they said, "I'm an outlier on this, but no, loved the first, felt the second lacked the creative energy, especially in terms of characterizations and the myriad of bad guys." The third felt like a series of cutscenes <clears throat> with sort of video game style racing of the stakes. If they get right, if they write the ship, then sure. Which I, you know, I sent a I, GIF reacting like, oh my. I can, I can, I can understand how, I can understand what he's saying. It, but he replies, I know, I know, I'm very picky, but at least I support my arguments with issue of story and scripting and not just that was dumb, or his suit was different. Banned! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. We welcome, Banned! We welcome all opinions here. Um, we don't... But, Banned! But, yeah, but, but the, the thing is, I understand what he's saying. The thing is that, you know, if you, you almost have to look at the three movies as one whole story, and they got the characterizations, the basic characterizations and all that out of the way in the first movie, so in the second movie and third movie, they can just go right into the action. Banned. Foreboding. So, so one of my <laughs> one of my one of my issues is that this is a, this this is just like the Fast and the Furious in the sense of it's a movie where you shut your brain off for two hours, munch on popcorn, and enjoy it. Like they're better than that, but yeah, I, I hear where you're coming from. Yeah, I mean, definitely there, they're better. <laughs> there are people who are going to argue both sides of this. And I'm not going to get in the middle of them. All I'm going to say is that it's an action flick. It's meant to be fun. It's a throwback to a lot of those 80s action movies, you know, um, where like story didn't matter. It's, 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 um, John Wick throwing hands and, and knives and guns and gung fu and all that crazy stuff. So yeah, I like, as long as they keep up in the action, it's fine. You know, we're going to get. We'll get as just as many C's as we did Fast and Furious movies. And they'll be great, because Keanu is great, and John Wick is great, and it's all great. Mm. I will not hear such negativity. Damn straight. Um, Blasphemy. Uh, one other quick thing I wanted to mention, uh, our good friend Rusty Gilligan, who's been on the show many times, uh, has started a Indiegogo where he is raising money uh, for what was the charity again? Let me bring the link up. Um, uh, hungry children during, uh, what's the, oh, darn it. I can't find it real quick. The actual charity. It's one of the ones where they're giving, you know, money to feed kids during the COVID-19, pro- uh, thing. We'll fix it. And we'll fix it. No, <laughs> no kid hungry. Okay. There. Thank you. And, um, you found it quicker than I did. And, uh, 
And I thought it was a fun idea. It's a, it's a COVID-19 trading card. Um, and there's different reward, uh, things you can do and you can get a sketch by him on one of the cards. Uh, ooh, ooh, can I, can I get the murder hornet card? I, w- I want the murder hornet card. Well, uh-huh. then, then you have to participate in the, in the Indiegogo and order a, a murder hornet as your sketch. Or, or, or the inland, what the inland, and you know, uh, a hurricane card. He's pretty good at or... drawing animals. You could probably do a pretty good murder hornet, I think. <laughs> so, um, and of course I mentioned this in social media madness because like a lot of people, they include you in a tweet because you have a lot of followers. I get that, but I don't mind with something like this rusty. So <laughs> just being honest. Um, all right. Oh, by the way, this guy, did you know we're immoral? I've been called uh, worse. <laughs> about what? All right. So. <clears throat> I heard you. You explained how you're immoral before the show, mister. I'm not immoral. I'm just dating a lot. Get thee to a nunnery. Oh, nice. Okay, Shakespeare. Fine. Yeah. Um, all right. So so this person will remain nameless. Uh, in fact, they ended up blocking us on Twitter. Um, so we had discussed uh, many moons ago a rumor and we had said clearly in the episode that this is a rumor that Discovery might be canceled. And the article that I had uh, found that was talking about it said that they had already taken down sets at, um, in one of the filming areas. And right, that's, I forgot about this, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they kind of like thought, oh, maybe it was canceled. Now, so of course, when I promote the show on Twitter, like I'll talk about, I'll in the tweet, I'll talk about the story we talked about, blah, blah, blah. And this is one of those where, like, the guy had Star Trek, something about Star Trek in his name, uh, had 17 followers, and obviously just looks for hashtags like Discovery all day long to... You said something about these kind of people. Me? Yeah, you you, you had a name for them before. Stans. Stans? Okay. Stans, yeah. Um, so this is obviously a stan, because, like, this person just blah, blah, talks about this stuff all day long on, on it. Um the first thing I want to say is, like, we clearly state in the show that this is a rumor. In fact, that was the whole point. We're like, do you think there's any weight to this? Blah, blah, blah. But I also want to state that since then, I've looked up some more stuff. And this was interesting. Did you know that Netflix and um, what's the other one? Amazon Prime pay money for distribution rights to the Star Trek shows, right? Which is a big part of their funding uh, for the from the NBC Universal app. So they can, you know, once they air on there, they can air them on Netflix and they pay a lot of money to do that, right? Okay. Um, so this was in an article where they were talking about where they get a lot of their funding and it's like $8 million an episode to film Discovery and Picard and they're saying most likely the, the other one, um, with, uh, Pike as the captain is going to be around the same price tag. I found another article on Variety. Where they said that Netflix has pulled out of their distribution deal for the new shows. Oh, wow. And they're questioning whether they're going to pay for distribution for Discovery going forward. So there is some weight to this rumor, people. Like, I don't understand because the guy was trying to say, like, oh, the show makes lots of money. And I'm like, how does a show on a streaming app make money? It really does. I mean, like. It doesn't, cause it's like, it's, they just need content. Like, they, I'm, there's metrics, like, but we don't, the only people that know what the metrics are, are 
you know, the, the platforms, you know, right, the people right. working for the platforms. So there's no Nielsen's for streaming platforms. So nobody knows anything, and it's all speculatory. And what I'm hearing from you is that a nerd blocked us on Twitter. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, a, oh a, dear, that's never we're happened hard before. Star Trek. That's what I'm saying. We're giving a lot of oxygen to some nerd that blocked us and is I'm never going to listen like, to our show. I'm just saying, like, it was a rumor that was floating around. A lot of people discounted it right away. Um, but there were some things behind it that gave it weight. And then again, now I've found even more information. It's like, I can see why people are saying this, right? And, oh, and the other thing was, of course, someone pointed out that, like, at San Diego Comic Con at home, they didn't even meant, there was a Star Trek panel and they didn't even talk about the future of Discovery. They just kind of mentioned it real quick in the panel. So it was kind of like, it was more focused, I think, on the new cartoon, you know? So it's less like, yeah, like, I don't know. It's just, but again, we're not immoral. We made sure that we said this is a rumor and we just asked if we thought it was real or not. Well, so, we, we are immoral, just not on the show, you know. No, no. We, we, do, we our, do have a delineation between the All two of our immoral acts are done behind closed doors in the privacy of our own bedrooms. Home separately, music. separately, not together. Hey, I live in Illinois. You guys, what's between you guys is between you. Um, <laughs> homie, homie, homie got to get a life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think we're good. Okay, just just so you know, the the morality of of the individual host do not reflect superhero speak as a whole. So anyway, I've been called worse by better. <laughs> On that note, um, here is D Squared to tell you how you can be involved with the fun on social media madness. Enjoying the show? Want to be part of social media madness? Make sure you are following SuperheroSpeak.com, where you can find all of the show's social media links at the top of the page. While you're there, you can check out old episodes of the podcast, as well as some other great content. Check the site often, because we are posting some great comic reviews, as well as comic book and movie news content every day. Make sure and follow us on Twitter, at SuperheroSpeak. And while you're there, check out the rest of the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. You can follow them at stars underscore geek. The Geek World All-Star Podcast Network include great programs such as the Pop Prison Power Podcast, Cult 45, So Wizard, Fans on Patrol, the Gorilla Brain Podcast, and of course, Superhero Speak. Search for hashtag GWAllStars. You will not be disappointed. Now, it's back to Dave and the boys on Superhero Speak. All right, thank you, Don. We always appreciate that. Truly an Omega Level nerd. Yes. <laughs> and on that note, we'll take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. All right, we're back. Okay, so a couple quick news items. The first two are ones that we didn't get to last week because we ran long uh, before we even got to our discussion uh, topic last week. But the first one is for old people like me and John. Um, we should be excited about this. James Wan, of course, famously gave us Aquaman, is now uh, tapped to helm the live action. Well, not live action, the movie version of Knight Rider 
Yeah, they they better they better <laughs> do it justice because there was a made for TV movie way back when. There were that. two. There were two made for TV yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah, but there was the one in the future and all this other. It just it's all it was all crap. So um, hopefully don't hassle the Hoff. No, I don't. I don't think the second one had Hoff in it. I think it. I think it was just set in the future and like the car wasn't even acting like the car. It was just all weird. Well, I don't yeah, even remember. In the, most in the of first made for TV movie, they destroyed the Trans Am, and Kit was in like a handheld device that Michael ran around with, and he was driving in a '57 Chevy in the beginning of the movie, and then he got a different car by the end that they put Kit into. Yeah, this 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 was like the one, the second one, then the one set in the future. <laughs> it was a Mustang. Night Rider three thousand or whatever. Yes, it was. that's right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, exactly. It was that. It was so bad you blanked it out. That's <laughs> so. JD, are, are you down with with uh, the Night Rider movie? I remember watching Night Rider when I was a little kid, like little little kid. I think my parents liked it. Um, I will always think of Kit as Mister Feeny. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So that's the that's the generation gap betwixt us. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested. I'll watch this if it's if it's you know James Wan made Aquaman was fun. I don't know if it was good, but it was fun. So uh, yeah, why not? Sure. Oh oh, it was called Knight Rider 2010, and and <laughs> obviously they they were off by ten years because you know, but it was made in 1994. I remember <laughs> watching that. Yeah. The only reason I remember watching it is because it's you're just staring, sitting there. If you know anything about the original series or watched like I did, you're just staring at it, going, "What the hell is this?" Yes, yeah. And and then the other question, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll definitely check it out because I was a huge Knight Rider fan. Um, in fact, I had the the car and the action figure and all that jazz. Um, do you bring David Hasselhoff in, and is it just a cameo? Or do you bring him in and have him play a different role in the movie? It would have to be a cameo. I would do the cameo thing because he's old. But yeah. like, um, I so who do you have play Michael Knight? I heard someone suggest, uh, totally joking around, but you know because he's in a lot of movies where he drives cars, uh, Vin <sighs> Diesel. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no. Just, just, just buckets the, of no. You know who would have who would have been great? Nope. I can't think of his name. Damn it. The actor who died from those movies. Paul um, Walker? Paul Walker. He could have been Michael Knight. He's basically mm-hmm. been he basically was Michael Knight in those Fast and the Furious movies. Exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna throw out Zach Efron. Oh, you always throw out Zach Efron. I think you I love know. him. He's great. I was also a gimmick. I want to see how long it takes someone to pick that up because I do it every time it comes up. That this oh, comes up. okay, okay. And I've gotten away with it like eight or nine times without anybody calling me out on it, including uh, on the recent Take an E from Marvel vs. DC. So, yes. <laughs> Cross-pollinated my gimmick. I thought I thought you just secretly had a crush on him. Yeah, you know, he's a good-looking man. Not my type, but a good-looking man. All right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I really... Honestly, I can't think of Dwayne someone. the Rock Johnson. Oh my God, no! <laughs> can, I, can you see that? Like this giant guy gonna, getting into a Trans Am? No, they they need they need somebody new. They need somebody new, right? Yeah. Like they 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 just you can't go with like a a regular just any old person. You need you need a new actor to bring into it. Somebody who's got some talent, maybe a credit or two behind their behind their name and. You know, just let them run with it. Yeah. 
a lot of support. That's a lot of faith to have in uh, the Knight Rider property. We're talking about, they, I, but that's the thing. It's the Knight Rider property, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know if Knight Rider is something you can go, go ahead, we'll let this kind of live on its own without well, a little star power, you know? It's a well, lot of, that's a lot, that's a lot of faith. Yes. We'll see. Me. I don't know. I don't, we'll see. I mean, there's so many other properties they bring back and you're like, really? And some hit and some miss. So it's. True. I tell you what though, I would watch a Knight Rider movie. That sounds kind of fun actually. Yeah. All right, so it so sounds like we're all in, at least uh, when it comes on demand. Um, all right, <laughs> moving on, we have some comics news. Um, former guest of the show, one of my favorite all-time interviews. Uh, it's at least in my top five. Uh, Christopher Priest is bringing back, along with Stefano Landini as the artist, U.S. agent in his upcoming solo New solo series coming this fall from Marvel. Obviously, this is going to be to help promote the uh, tie-in that he's going to be in Winter Soldier. Uh, I'm sorry, Falcon Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds interesting. Apparently, it's some story where you know uh, he uh, becomes like a, a soldier for hire. He's a you know an American zealot, uh, of course, in the book as he was in the originally in the comics. Um, so, so I'm kind of curious. I mean, Christopher Priest, it's got to be good, right? Like, yeah, he had a really good run on Deadpool right around the time DC Rebirth, not Deadpool, I'm sorry, uh, Deathstroke. I was going to say, right around the time that James Rebirth. No, No, actually, like, as I was saying, he had a really good run on uh, Deathstroke when Rebirth started. So, uh, man, Priest has still got it. Actually, we just talked about him last week with Gene DeWolf. He was the editor on that book. Yes. Yes, he was. Yeah, so I mean, I'm. Uh, this is one I will definitely be picking up. Um, I like the character, uh, uh, especially in the storylines where he took over for Cap. And um, for the for those not familiar with U.S. Agent, imagine Steve Rogers is a complete dickhead, mm. and 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 like has been beaten in the head enough times that none of his brain really works anymore. And no, that's that nah. one, no, 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 no. He's he's just a dick. Like he's just like. He's a good guy, but he's kind of a prick. Yeah. Uh, no, and he. I never, I never made it that far with the character. <laughs> and and um, very um, extreme black and white. Yes. You know, this is wrong. This is right. And uh, doesn't mind really hurting the people he's going after, even if they're not actually a supervillain. So no, yes, I, I loved um, the John Byrne West Coast Avengers run. Mm-hmm where he's a major part of it is, is one of my all time favorites. Like that was my first way of discovering the Avengers. And I was so confused as a little kid picking up why Captain America was wearing this black suit. <laughs> why, and why he was just so mean to Dr. Pym. Like, hmm. yeah, hmm. it's hmm. good. It's a good character, man. U.S. agents. Awesome. Like I'm curious to see what, what this is. Well, people should be mean to Dr. Pym, but that's a whole nother story. Well, I didn't know that at the time. Oh, so, well, that's true. that's true. I was like nine. Like that guy's mean. Yeah, so I mean, I'll be, I'll be. Are you gonna check this one out? Yeah, I think I am. I'm, I'm interested. It's one of the first Marvel things in a while. It's time we go. Ooh, this seems cool. Yes, I, I totally agree. Probably first thing since uh, Civil War, maybe. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, just when you think uh, we're done with a story, uh, it comes back in a new form. Apparently, Ray Fisher really doesn't like the people over at Warner Brothers in DC. It's getting ugly. Um, he now attacked uh, Jeff Johns, saying that uh, he tried to 
lodge a formal complaint against J.J. Abrams for his abuse on the Justice League set and um, basically said that Jeff Johns told him um, to shut up and he apparently thinly veiled threat to his career. So, um, <sighs> I mean, it's it's. Of course, it's a he said, she said at this point. Obviously, no one was there when these things were said. Uh, I'm just kind of curious why. Because so far, as far as I know, no one else from that movie has come out and said, like, yeah, Abrams was a jerk, you know. Um, Whedon. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, Whedon. Sorry. Ooh, sorry. Um, yeah, that was a big slip. Uh, I, you know... But no one at the same time has come out and said anything not positive about the Snyder thing. You know, yeah. like nobody, like everyone on that cast, which is odd because we all know that movie sucks. But everyone who actually worked on that film has been super fired up to get the Snyder cut into reality, mm-hmm. which should tell you something. Nobody's also come out and said, man, Ray's full of it. No, and they all, they all have NDAs signed. So it's quite possible that Ray Fisher literally doesn't care anymore huh you know like that he's the if you read the article that you did that um that you put in the notes like it's like he's trying to skirt his nda right but it right, kind of right. sounds like he's not doing a very good job of it yes no no you're, so, you're 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 right and that does say that and it's like and it's like well why like what why is he so ticked off it feels like he's feels like there's something really more that he isn't saying you know what maybe was, maybe are there any lawsuits or anything flying around? Because that would explain why he can't say something. Like, no, it's NDA. They, they signed NDAs. You can't say nothing. Like, you can't talk. Like, the fact that they made them sign NDAs is very interesting to me to mm-hmm. begin with. So there's clearly a lot of stuff going on on that set. Um, what do you think that I – don't, I'm not, I hate to speculate, but I will speculate because it's a podcast. What do you think that could have been said to lead this particular cast member to be so angry? Uh, well, should we go for the obvious? No, but I mean, like, it's there, and I think it's on the tip of... I mean, we're all wondering, he's, go, he's, hmm. he's the only African-American in the cast, so... um, Yes, it could very have been a ra- very easily been a racial thing, yes. But, so I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. But right? I kind of feel like in our current world, with our current situation, you would just come out and say that. You can't, though. Like, we know there's some people that are... um. Yeah, we'll just leave this alone. But there's NDAs are very powerful. No, and like, I and I agree. But are you the studio right now that if somebody says, "Well, he said the N word to me on set," are you the studio that's going to want to now sue that actor for violating an NDA after he reveals what you know happened? But he can't even he he can't do that because like if you reveal an NDA like you owe lots of money like it's um so I mean there's a lot there's a lot to this like I don't it's hard to speculate but I mean the fact that that it's Ray Fisher who's going so hard on it it does make you wonder what what was said and Whedon's had like some pretty nasty accusations come out about him lately mm. as a as a person so. I don't know. Maybe he made a pass at him. Let's not add to this. I don't think that. I don't Let's, think that would be it. Because I mean, like, yeah. I don't know. That doesn't seem like something you go, you call as abuse. You know, like that's that's not a term of like abuse is not when you, if someone said were to do that, I could see that being uncomfortable. But I mean, like abuse, I don't think so. 
That's the term that gets me, yeah. is, is, is his use of the word abuse. You know, Jeff Johns is really good at saying dumb things, too. Like, he used to be one of my favorite comic writers. And I remember about the time the Green Lantern movie came out. I'll never forget, he did this this interview where he's like, oh, yeah, we got four Green Lantern movies planned and all this stuff's going blah, 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 blah. And he was going on and on. And I'm just, I remember just thinking, hey, let's make sure this first one, like, works hmm. before you start, like, going crazy. And sure enough, it didn't. And then, you know, I got little birdies that were down in New Orleans and that was making it and was, you know, supposedly, well, Mr. Johns did not make a lot of friends, a lot of friends down there. Right. So I don't know, man. It's interesting. Interesting is a word for it. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I don't know at this point. Um, and, and to sit there and say that he threatened his career after that too. It's just like, yeah, why would you, th- why would you do that on top of everything? And then, well, why don't we move on? Cause we've got, a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of all right, all right, yeah, all right. It's just interesting. I think we should all keep an eye on it, though. Um, Agreed. I brought, I included this next mm-hmm. article for a quick because I know somebody here uh, loves this cartoon. I, I has a sad. This is so this the is creators sad of this does not bode well. Avatar: at all. The Last Airbender, the cartoon, were acting as showrunners mm-hmm. for the live action adaption on Netflix, and. And, and it Dante feels, I've, I've, Martino and Brian Condesco. Con- I can't even say that name. Brian Condesco. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. Um, yes, they they walked away from the project and they basically put a, a what was it? What'd you say, John? Conietto. Okay. Conietto. Um, they put a, a thing on uh, Instagram basically saying uh, they're. Just to, they decided to leave the project. Well, yeah, yeah, but they they worded it in such a way that you know they've been forced off. Like they were ba- they basically they it, it between that and everything else I've heard, it's basically that they weren't being listened to. They were they were they were being forced to make changes that they didn't want, and and they basically decided, right. look, you know, before this before this. Before we put this out and everybody starts getting mad at us, let's get out of this because, you know, this is not what we wanted. This is this is not what the fans want, and we should be associated with it anymore. And 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 you know, I it's just it's really yeah. I mean, stuff know? like this always makes me think. There's two ways as a creator of a property, and then they want to make an adaption of it. There's there's always two ways to go with it, right? Like you can either um be involved and say and try to be like be true to my vision be true to my vision and then um if they're not being true to your vision you walk away so you can so when people complain about it and go well i had nothing to do about it they had the rights to it or you do as much triaging or as possible you do like um yeah. jim butcher when they did the dress and files tv oh, show yeah you do a news conference mm-hmm. introducing the show be like oh it's great I'm working great with sci-fi. I have a lot of great ideas. They made changes that, that, that really seem to fit the character. And then once the show is canceled and it's crap, you go, yeah, I had no say. <laughs> and it makes mm-hmm. people wonder a little bit about your integrity, but. Well, yeah, but again, like NDAs exactly. or whatever. I mean, I'm sure like, but so, but this is, this is just disheartening, you know, like this is, this is a beloved property. Yes. And, and, and people like the hate for M. Night Shyamalan mostly stems from the airbender movie. 
No, like, the hate goes back my, deeper than that. Oh, but yeah, but, it didn't but get that, better. Has, didn't get that better. has a special was, place. Uh, wasn't it, didn't he do The Happening? That might be the movie that really kicked well, off the hate for him. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, it goes back to the village. Oh, yeah, it, no, it you're right, the village. village. But, but that's just like... That's just like your standard simmering hate. The the hate that people have for the Airbender movie is like the you know boiling rage uh, that only like pure fanboys can can really get you know the, the heat into. So this is like seriously like I I just I I will I will still give it a gander, but without the without those two, it's I mean every part of the cartoon the animation uh meant something like even down to the types of martial arts that each type of bending um was based on like everything meant something and the story was so interwoven and so intricate without these two helming it i i i guarantee you that they were kicked they 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 left because the people in charge just don't get it and they're looking to capitalize on the popularity but have no idea why that popularity happened and so are going to basically you know make it into just a yeah just a a movie or something there's also a lot of like oh well you know your thing was a cartoon it was for kids we're trying to make this more geared for adults but that's the point like the animation i'm not saying it was i'm saying i guarantee a lot of what goes on in those meetings is that kind of talk um i'm kind of curious jd did you Ever watched the cartoon? And uh, huh? No, I know nothing of I know nothing of the Avatar. But then I can ask you, as a creator, if someone was going to take your books and and adapt them into a TV show, you know, for Netflix, um, you know, how involved would you be? And then I'm of two. I'm I've I've actually gone back and forth on this. Um, I think the best way to be is if you're just the creator. Like, if you're the showrunner, if you're the guy who's going to be deep involved, you need to have 100% mm-hmm. control of your show. If someone comes at you with a lot of money and says, we want this, but we want to do our thing, if it's me, I take the money, and I stay as far away from it as possible. Because my books are my books, nothing changes. Because Would, I'm probably che- not – what's that? Well, wouldn't that cheapen your – the like, your, your, your property, though? Like, you could do more with it if you didn't have this uh, – you know, if you didn't have albatross like that. Hanging your head in the past, right? Depends on what you want. Depends on what your goals are. Mm. Like, I don't want to write TV. I don't want to write. But I, I don't want to write TV. I never had that interest. I'm not that. I don't care that much. I sure would like a big old check. And I can still <laughs> write my books. But I can still write my books and nothing changes. Yeah, true. True. Right? So why get yourself, and I find this a lot of creators, why get yourself all worked up when your work doesn't change? Your work gets to stay the same. And if someone wants to write a big check, cool. And if they screwed it up, well, people are going to forget about it. And, you know, I still get to write my books. Right. I mean, ask George R.R. R. Martin how he feels. Yeah, I mean, he made a lot of money. Like, he has zero incentive yep. to ever finish that series, Yeah. To be, to be honest with you. And, like, I get it. Like, yeah, go ahead. Cash out. All right. All right. Well, yes, this is sad. Um, yeah. We'll see how things progress from here. But uh, it doesn't look good for the show. Um. Mm. So, so I, I ask you guys a question here. If I say, uh, Wookiees, what do you think of? Uh, okay. Wookiees. Um, oh, that, that ludicrous video. From uh, the okay. And now if I say, okay. Forget. Now if I say Wookiees and B. Arthur, what do you think of? Okay. And what if I throw in Life Day? 
Oh God. Oh, oh, oh God. Oh God. I'm having flashbacks. Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> Do you guys hear that? Do you guys hear that? George Lucas had his George Lucas sense was tingling and he just grabbed a sledgehammer. <laughs> they've, they've, they've just dispensed the, the, uh, the mouse's ninja lawyers. So <laughs> they're going to so, come after so, us now. Of course, there is the beloved Star Wars holiday special. Uh, that filmed on, that, that aired on TV in 1978 and apparently was never seen from again, except you can find it on YouTube. Um, we used to, we used to trade copies of that in, in conventions back in the day before the internet. It was, it was like, Hey, you know, you, you got, do you, do you, do you have the Roger Corman Fantastic Four? Yeah. Yeah. I've got that. Do you, do you, do you got the life day? Oh yeah. I got that. Uh, okay. So, you know, and you do swap. So, so as horrible <laughs> as those memories are, they're going to give us a new <laughs> Star Wars holiday special in Lego form. No, that's okay. a great idea. Yeah. That would work. Cause they're going to make total fun of um, it. It's going work. to air on Disney plus in November. And basically, my understanding is that it's going to be an all-new uh, show, but there will be a wink and a nod to the original uh, special. Um, and I, I, every one of them will end with a scene with George Lucas flashing a neuralizer at you. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's gonna be fun. Like, it'll be it'll be funny. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I got nothing bad to say about this. Yeah, they'll make fun of it. I mean, yeah. there's nothing wrong with this okay. at all. Well, that's. Yeah. That is good because we might be doing that for the show. Um, I'm game, man. I am a 100% game for that. Mm, I'd do it. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just shocked. I don't know if, uh, you know, if, if Lucas was like, no, when they told him, but maybe or, they didn't tell him. Well, he doesn't know. Remember the conversation we just had? Yeah. Uh, $4 <laughs> billion. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't give a he doesn't give a crap. He's he's he he's got his own like twin private island so or whatever. I, Four billion I, I'm dollars. To say this, though, to anyone out there who's listening to this podcast who hasn't, which I'm sure if you listen to this podcast you've seen it, but if you have not seen the Star Wars Holiday Special, you must go watch it. You can find it on YouTube. The whole thing. The only the only good thing that came out of that was the cartoon in it because that was our first glimpse at Boba Fett. Other than that, you're going to wonder what kind of drugs you're on while you're watching it. it is, oh, or, no, yeah. you're, you're going to need drugs to watch it. Hey, Carrie Fisher needed to get through it. Like, you look at her in that movie, she is baked oh. out, of her, out of her brain. Oh, yeah. Like, I hate to speak ill of the dead, but here we are. No, um, she would probably agree with you. On oh, she would guarantee it. Yeah. But like, it's it's something every Star Wars fan should watch at least once because it's like, it's it's a it's an exercise, man. It's not like fun bad in a lot of places. It's just oh, bad yeah. bad. Like, for anyone who hasn't watched it, there's like a five minute Wookiee conversation sequence. With and no subtitles. Right. <laughs> yeah. They're just Wookiee at each other. And you're supposed to know, like, we're supposed to be Han Solo and just be able to translate all this. And then there's one part where Chewbacca's father is essentially masturbating to Donna Summer. <laughs> no. I, it's just, I couldn't believe that they put that on. I, I remember, I'm not I'm making this up. That. I watched this in 1978. I was, I w actually was in front of a TV watching uh, and I saw that thing live. It was, and, and we were, I'm telling you, 
even even back then. And yeah, I wasn't I wasn't that old at the time, but I was still old enough to be sitting there going, I have no idea what the hell this is. Jefferson Starship is on for some reason. Have a and B. Arthur. And B. Arthur. Surprisingly, B. Arthur was the best part of it. Because uh, it's B. Arthur. Her and Tim Conway are actually mildly entertaining in that oh, yes. scene. Yep. Like, is it Tim Conway? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Like, it, there's parts that are humorous for a moment, but not enough, man. Yeah. And it's all the crazy part is they got the original cast. Yep. Like everybody's yep. in it. And like Harrison Ford, God, you can see what a professional he is. Cause he's actually like paying this material reverence and trying really hard. <laughs> like it's you know, shit. Yeah. It's dog shit, but you have to watch. Yes. And I do believe Carrie Fisher is high as a kite in it. So, uh, oh. Uh, oh, um, so yeah, that's all the news I got. I'll talk about the other things at recommendations. Um, so. Yeah, we're back. we get we come to our discussion for the for the week. Um, it's good. Go see it. Bye, everybody. We had, uh, of course, we talked last week about the death of Gene DeWolf. Uh, the story that originally was took place in Spectacular Spider-Man. Uh, this week we're talking about the miniseries New Frontier from DC. And uh, uh okay, so. Let me think how, how to start this discussion. Um, so I talked about adventures in comic book reading, right? I want to tell this story to set the stage of, of why I have some of the things I'm going to say about this book. Um, anyone who knows me well knows I don't like reading comics digitally. Okay. Like I, I just, I get a headache if I look at a screen for too long like that. Right. Good for your job. Exactly. But uh, it's even worse when I'm trying to like read a comic or, or a book. Um, so I decided I'm going to order this on Amazon, right? And just get the book delivered. It was supposed to be here. Originally they said Friday and then it did it get shipped late. So Saturday and it didn't get. You're telling me there's issues with the mail. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. So, I mean, this has been going on for a long time now. Anyway, um, whenever that, whenever Amazon says that it's been transferred to the local post office for delivery, I've always, always have issues. Um, so of course I had to buy a digital copy <laughs> to read to make sure I read it in time for today. So nice that you're supporting Darwin. And, well, he's, he's no longer with us. And his extended family. Actually, you're supporting DC Comics at this point. Um, so, mm. so I, um, so I had to buy it digitally and basically I read through the, I read through it and by the time I finished reading it, which also I didn't realize that, like, cause I bought the, the whole thing as a book. Um, I didn't realize when I bought it digitally, I only bought volume one at first. So I get to the end and I'm mm. like, that's how it ends. This makes no sense. And then I'm like, <laughs> oh, there's a volume two. Okay. Um, so did you read this on tablet or on your phone? Uh, at first on my phone and then I switched over to my computer. Oh God, that's a terrible way to read comics on a phone. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so as soon as I finished reading book two, uh, this morning, uh, I got an, a message from Amazon. Your, your package has been delivered. <laughs> And there it was sitting in my huh. mailbox. Uh. Well, you wouldn't have had time anyway. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have had time anyway. It's a, it's a long read. 
I probably, Which is good I probably could have I probably could have read it I probably could have read through it today. Um so so that being said, uh yes, that 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 hurt my experience reading this book. Um I get um, it. essentially now you you guys did you read this before JD or is this your first time? Oh, you read it? Oh yeah. No, I've read it. I I've owned this for about 12 okay, 13 years. Okay, and of years. course John you you as well. Um Oh yeah, this is one of the few that I actually read. Like, so you know, this is the when first time out. I've read it, and it feels like uh, Darwin Cook created this book as a way to bridge the gap between the golden silver age of DC characters um, and how the heroes first kind of get together and form. They don't necessarily form the Justice League, but it is essentially the Justice League by the time they're done, um, and yeah, um, so I'll let you guys go first. Uh, first impressions of the book, you, John and JD. Well, if you don't, do you mind if I go first? Oh, no, please be my guest. Okay. <clears throat> well, you can't talk about this book until you get the framing of it. And the framing of it is the late 1950s, early 1960s. And the whole point of the book was not only to bridge the gap between was it gold and silver age, but you're also bridging the gap between a very dark moment in history and basically moving towards a more hopeful time. Now, if you're listening to this, you're probably too young to remember um, the uh, Joseph McCarthy age. It was probably one of the darkest times in the U.S. history, and it's eerily similar to what hap- what's happening or what's going on today. And it ruined uh, – it was basically the Red Scare where everybody was uh, – everybody was accused of being communists. You had you had to go up in front of the, the Senate committees and you had to basically inform on your friends who, of course, weren't communists. But if you didn't, you were blackballed or your life was ruined in some way. And it happened it, – it just went on for a long time. And – uh, this this comic is set in that era where they're they're talking and they you 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 will be shocked at the uh, some of the attitudes of some of the characters like Lois Lane, um, who you you always think like these these are all the good guys, but their attitudes are based on the era, and in that time everybody was worried about communists and you know that you know they they were afraid that communism was going to take over the world blah 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 and. You know, it was all, of course, unfounded and it was all just hysteria. But um, but yeah, th- this is what you're going to start with. And then it works its way towards the um, the age of JFK and the hopeful age and the, you know, the moonshot and all of that. Uh, so it's it, you can you can you can see how it progresses over the course of the entire book. And it's it's I, Darwin Cook did that on purpose. Like he wanted to end on a high note, which is why he ended with JFK's speech about, you know, the new frontier, which is why he named this Mm -hmm. the new frontier. So, yeah, when I when I read it, um, you know, I I was less I was more I was more ignorant of history at the time because, you know, it came out a while ago. So um, but, yeah, it uh, it it was interesting. First off, Darwin Cook's a genius writer. Like getting all of the colloquialisms right for the time and seeing them 
evolve over the course of a couple of years that the book um, occurs over and and just the the sheer differences in, couple, in all of the settings. Actually, decades. The, the hmm? story actually takes place over quite a few decades. Yes. Yeah. Four years about. Yeah, about 20 years. But the, th- the thing is, like, it just being able to, I mean, he, he, he got, like, you get the flavor of it from his writing. You get the flavor of those, those years, like, and, and how they change. And it's, it's, it's really amazing. So, um, it's, 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 I don't know. It's like opening a window up to the DC universe over it, during those years and just watching it. And it's, it's, it, I don't know. It, it makes you think. It makes you feel it. And it kind of challenges your notions of, you know, what being an American is and what, what being a good person is, what being a hero is. And, uh, makes you afraid of the government a little bit. <laughs> um, although again, towards the end, you begin to see that that attitude changes as well. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I get it. I, it's one of my top three. You know, next to All-Star Superman, and I forget what the other one is. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, this, like, I, 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 like, I've got the, the 15th anniversary edition of the book. It's, it's very, very, very heavy. And, uh, the animation, which Darwin Cook was also involved with, um, are well worth the read. Okay. That was long-winded. Gee. gee yes, JT, it was. You have, uh, a, a base impression? <laughs> yeah. I'll be more, <clears throat> I'll be more concise. Um, I love this book. Like, I love how Darwin Cook, I always say that DC is, um, DC plays well to its mythos, whereas Marvel does well with its long form continuity. This is, this and Kingdom Come are the perfect examples of what you can do with DC's, um, myths, right? This is a telling, this is a retelling of the origin of the DC universe in the era in which it was created as realistically as the world could have could have gone off with these people in it. Right. And the character of Hal Jordan in this story is why Hal Jordan came back. Yeah. Like Darwin Cook brings this sense that I think (laughs) one. Yes. I was going to say hopefulness, but wonder is even better. Like he captures what makes comics great. DC in particular, like Marvel is heroes of the feet of clay. DC are the icons. And this story is a perfect example of it because you get a villain, you get a, you know, a Cthulhu style, you know, Lovecraftian villain and subplot that takes issues to like, to lay out. And then you've got these heroes that have to come together for this great, you know, catastrophic ending and they beat it, but it's character driven the entire time. Like I know Hal Jordan's the main character in this, but I really love the John Jones arc. Yeah. And that, the the island is almost secondary to the act the characterizations themselves, right? It's Absolutely. It's, it's literally almost just um, uh, I don't know uh, what would you call it in writing. It's like it's 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 just a. It's not quite a MacGuffin, but I mean, yeah, like, exactly, right. It's there, like it is. It's like I said, the 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 main villain doesn't really show itself to the end of the first volume, right? You don't even really we don't really know what the center is for a while. But it's still there, omnipresent, kind of. Like, it's really about the world and about the characters' relationships within it. Like, that's good storytelling to me, is, like, you have this grand world, but it's the characters that make it special. And I love how they play out. I love how I love how the world clicks. I love how the characters all grow and change. Batman, in particular, mm-hmm. has a great character arc in this story. Like, 
I forgot how much I love this book. I'm really glad. I'm really glad I picked it. So Dave? Dave hated it. I can't wait to hear what he says. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> no, you got you, there's no way. This is one of no. the greats, dude. Like Marvel DC, this is one of the no. great stories. Um so 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 first off, um I, I my, my 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 first thing with this is I hate too much exposition in comics. There There's is a lot a of it. There's ton of exposition in this book. The first volume is mostly exposition, and it's just like it gets so heavy-handed after a while. And I'm like, I've had enough. Like, just give me a good story. I don't need all this explanation and trying to make it fit into this world that you want to build. Like, I don't care about that shit. Like, I want a good story. And it's like, you know, like you could cut out volume one basically. Um, and can and make this way more concise. Um, so it was just like, eh, that that really hurt it. Um, now now, granted, by the time you get to the end, it's like, okay, I get where he's where he was going with this. I understand. Um, yeah, you needed no, all you don't. of that. You don't need all of that. I also kind of have an issue with like, there's a lot of superfluous stuff in this book that's not needed. That makes it even longer, and it's just like, oh, like write a novel. <laughs> um, like like you like you talking about the Batman arc, but the, in all honesty, you don't need Batman in this book at all. I disagree. Batman is what create is what brings the human element to the center. Like without Batman doing the digging, but like the but the all villain story. All never Batman really does in this ass. book is he tells John Jones to investigate. John Jones investigates and then he gives the book back to Batman when he decides he wants to go back to Mars. And all Batman does is deliver that to Superman. But John Jones gets captured anyway. But Batman is also a mirror to the changing times right. between his costume changes but and then Robin and right. the whole thing. You literally see the progression of the and that's age. A, that's also one of the Batman issues I have, through, too, is because. Because then when you, you – I, I can understand you're dealing with a mythos, but when you're dealing with a man, like I, you can get away with Superman or Wonder Woman of being around since World War II. But Batman's a man. Like how old is he supposed to be by the time we get to this? 45. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I, never, I never thought – yeah, that's one of the things that always bug me about Batman is like if you get to a certain age, you really can't do this anymore. Um well, I don't know. Like I said, like there's a lot of uh, athletes and, and uh, fighters that you see. Daniel Cormier just pretty much announces retirement from MMA this past weekend. He's 42. And then like, you uh, know, uh, I know I'm gonna get, I know I'm gonna get flack on this. And okay. I understand, I understand the message in the story, but the Henry, John Henry story, yeah, it was like yeah. you didn't need that. You didn't need that whole story because it was, I, dis it's an, I disagree with that. It's an intrinsic part of the age. Yeah. There's no way you could Why? do it without that. Because then you're because you're ignoring what's reality. Like if you if the whole idea well, of this concept of this problem of this is to bring truth is to try to speak as much truth to fiction of the era. You cannot ignore and the civil rights. I guess that's why movement. I don't like it because I like comics as a escapism. So to try to like read something that's realistic, it's like, yeah, then it's no good to me, you know, like. But the, the but the point of this 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 is this is more literary work than it is just comics. I mean, it it, like a, it's it, it feels it's, like a pale version of Watchmen as well. 
No, no, no that's gosh, the exact no. opposite. Watchmen is about cynicism yeah. and the rise of fascism. This is the polar opposite of ah, There's of still Watchmen. a lot of cynicism. This is there's about a lot of cynicism, cynicism in this book. Oh, and it opens up because you, you can't get there without it. Like, the cynicism is the result of Watchmen. Like, you leave Watchmen in a worse place. You leave the new frontier in a better place. Yeah, like, there's definite... Yeah, yeah there's... No, there's definite like elements like of of the of uh you know with the handling of the Justice Society, which is actually something Paul Levitz did in the seventies. But like there is that stuff and it's intentional. Right. And it's in, he's intentionally calling back to there's a lot of Watchmen influence on this, but this delivers the polar opposite experience. Like this is about this is about finding hope from where there is then, no hope. Whereas Watchmen is about kicking you when you're down. Yeah, you're starting with the with Joe with with McCarthyism and the overreach of the FBI and I, I don't, yeah and, and and civil rights and then you move towards the more hopeful age. Like that's the whole point of this book is to is to to lead you along this story. The 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 monster the the center is is you know is secondary to the fact that he sh- he's showing growth like how how there's a light at the end of the tunnel if everybody can work together right and i love how even superman superman goes from being what is literally the quintessential boy scout and what that would have meant in the 50s and that yep. being loyal to the government mm-hmm. and he has to refine his own focus like and a lot of this told to the eyes of the uh of the hungry young fighter pilot who's got a death wish you know, and, and and Wonder Woman was kind of that. Wonder Woman was the one beating on Superman to, hey, open your eyes up. The real yeah. world is calling. You know. Yeah, I love that scene where they introduce where they really they introduce Wonder Woman when she sets free the slaves in in, in Vietnam in uh, Cambodia. Like, I just like that. I really like yeah. when. And I guess this is so, the and that's, really between but that's DC probably Marvel. the my least favorite moment in the book because a lot of the Wonder Woman stories I've read, you know, again she's supposed to be all about love and it's just like she allowed that to happen it's like yeah that's no she's not that's that's horrible characterization for me of wonder woman but that's that's that is wonder woman again you need to start from a place where you're coming out of you're in the korean war right which is a bad dark time in the united in the history of the planet like these people are reacting to the situations they're in and she's just, but again, it's about change. And not very rare. Do you have like legitimate people changing in comic and mm-hmm. especially superhero comics where you have to learn where they have to learn to be better people. And I think all these characters go through that. Yeah. As- especially if you're looking at them as, like I say, DC exists in terms of, of the mythos. And if, if the justice league of America is supposed to be, um, you know, a metaphor. If the Justice League of America is supposed to be a metaphor for the United States of America, 1953 ain't exactly the best time. Right. So these characters should be that. And like I said, I think that's the difference between Marvel and DC. As uh, Marvel claims to always claims to be the world that's outside your door, but it really all is all about kicking and punching. Whereas DC, when done right, is the one that's really trying to get you to ask what the role of superheroes truly is and what they mean. You know, perhaps. Okay, Ben. Um, yeah, no, I, I just, I, I can't, I can't see any part of this that would, that if you took it away, it would make anything better. Every, every part of it seems to be intrinsic to me. Yeah, you know, I felt it was. Every part is necessar- necessary. Necessary for the trip. It was long and heavy-handed and way too much exposition. So. Well, that them's were the times. I mean, we're living in those times right now. 
Like if, 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 if we had followed the same character arcs that, that, you know, he's showing in, in this story, we might not be where we are now. Well, I mean, it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of parallels. The fact that their comics don't have a lot of exposition these days, I think also makes it stand out. And especially 15 years ago, when you're talking about the beginning of new Marvel and like where people really talking about decompression of storytelling, Mm. this is such a different take on what comics are at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it required and, and the the story required the framing like, you know, you, you there was a lot of exposition in um, in Watchmen. Yes, know? but but that was oh, tons. that was tons. Yeah. So 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 how can you not how can you like that? But not like this. No, I mean, no, they, I they both I, they're both required for framing. Well, no, I get what Dave's coming from, but just, he didn't click with the material. I think I also think he read it in the wrong venue, to be honest with you. But that being said, like if if the words and don't mesh with you, they don't mesh with you. Like that's perfectly fine. Like I'm not, I ain't gonna say you're wrong for how you came off with it. I, I like the, the 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 art and the um the kind of callback to Kirby in a way, like that style, yeah. stylistic art choice. Like I enjoyed that. I, I'll give it that. Um. Again, I like how the story culminates and ends, but it just it takes way too long to get there. So, and I think too, I think too, if you have an if you're a DC fan and you have an appreciation for the universe, I think you like the ra- the road because I enjoyed finding the losers and Task Force X yeah. and all that stuff. So I think if you if you're into it, like it feels a little different. They all die that will task for sex is the suicide squad yeah they're supposed to i know to. Supposed he, to. <laughs> they even mentioned guys <laughs> that's like the, jess brighton the there. They even they even mentioned guys like jess brighton there there I, I you know there were so many references in this thing that i had to actually look some of them up yeah i mean darwin quick loves comics yeah like, oh yeah see it and there's li- guess, there's there's little things okay. like i say our man dies right. and then later on then i'm gonna mention that he's, i, I he's just caught, I, I said i so. didn't like it but i did say i like the art and i like the the way that the story ends I want you to honestly tell me something you didn't like about the story. I can't. I can't think of anything I really didn't like. I mean, I my for for me, it's you know, I'm one of those guys that really likes intricate stuff, intricate stories told with you know a lot of background and just flavor and colors, uh, and and you know shades of 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 you know of shades of humanity. And I can't think of anything in this that I don't like. It could be a little tighter. Like it, he does, he does love, he does, but I like that. That's part of the charm of it. Yeah. And again, that's kind of how comics were written in the sixties. So I, I kind of, I bought into the gimmick, but I mean, like I get where you're coming from on that. I don't hate it, but I mean, like it could be a little tighter. I'll, I'll be honest with you, especially with some of the pro, some of the pros. Yeah. I mean, I guess I also, again, I didn't like the characterization of Wonder Woman in this book at all. Um, but that's my. But even she, even she grew. No, she doesn't. Like, there, she doesn't there was grow. Some... That's my, that's part of my real issue with, with the way she's handled in this book is that she, I, like I said, I don't like the way she's introduced. We talked about that already. And then once she's kind of like challenged by the government, she goes, ah, I'm going to just go retire and leave. Like, like, she, yeah, like, well, yeah, but the well, government here, but at here's that time. My, my issue is like, 
I can understand you going like, I'm not going to deal with the government anymore, but you're Wonder Woman. You're Wonder fucking Woman. Like, you're a hero. Like, you don't just give up because the government told you to. Like, But she didn't give up. Like, she's out there fighting the good fight. No, she's fight. not. She's on the island. You know? Yeah. Fighting, fighting, like she was fighting against, like fighting uh, the Cambodians. No, that was like she after, was doing the was, right thing. This was after the they they gave her the medal and told her, you know, take a vacation. She was still she was still talking about what it was what what it was to be an American though. Like she was still she was still there. I mean, it, it, the 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 and then point, she doesn't, I, again. And then she is, doesn't yeah, do the right this thing is in, until her island is attacked by this creature. But, but this is but this is yet another another literary uh, literary juxtaposition that that he's using to to hold up a mirror like here's Wonder Woman doing what she thinks is the American way and she had to leave because the government was well it was the government in the 1950s and 60s characters right? also characters also need to do the it's, wrong thing. I guess it's I if guess everyone it does the right thing like, all the time like, then it doesn't yeah. you know I love Civil War but it goes back to like See, it's I funny because I hate Civil War. I think yeah. it is just overdone. I like the yeah. I like the idea behind it, and I like some of the execution. But like one of the major problems, criticism people have of Civil War, is the criticism I have of this is like characters whose I feel like they changed their characterization to fit this story, as opposed to like, well, no, this is how the character usually acts in the comics. Well, and this is also a different. This is also DCS worlds. Like this isn't an incontinuity story. You do have ways to move because the, the Wonder Woman of nineteen of nineteen fifty six is not the Wonder Woman of twenty twelve. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. the Superman of nineteen thirty eight is not the Superman of nineteen eighty seven. So you have this flexibility. Like these characters aren't locked in one specific time. You know what I'm saying? Like this is because it's Else Worlds and DC in, in the mid nineties had this great imprint called Else Worlds where you could take these characters put them in different situations and reshape them, you know, where all you have to do is just live up to the spirit of the character yeah, but and let them be different. Is this an Elseworlds book? Yes. Are you yes, sure? Yeah, this was, this was never meant to be canon. Yeah, no. This is, it wouldn't make no sense. If it was uh, well, the one article I was reading Everybody about would... earlier said that, uh, this is on Wikipedia, is that um, it's not canon because it breaks the rules that DC has set, the pre-crisis rules DC set for canon. Yeah. But I mean, it never actually called right. it an Elseworlds story. So it might, I thought, I believe it was categorized as Elseworlds, but at the same time, like it, it it's not like it's continuity was, it doesn't match because like it takes place in the fifties right. and sixties. Like, you know, it's not, it never was supposed to be. That's true. I mean, so, just, just yeah. because it, because of the context, it can't be continuity anyway. So, it makes it Elseworlds right. because of that. Well, yeah, because super like because the J the JSA had only just been disbanded and Superman was already around, so like right. there, you know, it's it's definitely just an Elseworlds. Yeah, it's just another story. Like I said, like and again, that gives you flexibility to tell this story, you know, because it's different. Mm. Definitely was different. I will say that. Um, so. You have to, you have to, I, I understand that it's like not your standard comic, but it's, this is a work that stands by itself and you have to accept it for what it is and understand, understand the story it's trying to tell. You can't, you can't try to impose I guess, the standard. I guess I didn't really care you know, for the story uh, I was trying to tell, so. 
No, I get that. I say it didn't. It didn't yeah. mesh with you. It didn't jive with you. And I, yeah, I totally, okay, I get that. All right. Yeah. Like but, said, that's that, cool. but that doesn't mean other people shouldn't try, shouldn't read it. I mean, this is one of the great stories of of comics. Well, that's what's beautiful about comics is like, right? Was what clicks with you as a reader is not necessarily what clicks with the next person. That's why I always laugh when I read, you know, these grand statements on Twitter. People being like, "Well, readers want this," which isn't true. Right. Like, you know, everybody likes and reads yes. things for different reasons. Like I said, I love this story, but I totally get why Dave doesn't feel it. Like I said, I think, and also you're more of a oh, Marvel yeah. fan, where stuff tends to flow in a linear in a nice linear arc yeah I, i'll say that's a dc dc is a salad a, bar if you this know? was a marvel story told that way i probably would enjoy it more and i could definitely see how you could make this work as a marvel story oh yeah it, it could be done as a marvel story especially set in the yeah. same era like it absolutely could be done like uh the gaiman book is similar to this but uh, the 1509 you know like, it, it reminds I kept me of thinking that. that uh barry allen in this reminded me of um uh, Johnny Storm from the early comics in the sixties because of the way he talked and, you know, his attitude. I'm like, huh, that's weird. I, you know, so yeah, like, like they were going for that feel or he, uh, the Darwin was going for that, you know, so, so yeah, no, I mean, I recommend if, uh, if you, if you can get past, uh, a lot of exposition and, uh, you have an interest in that period in history, you definitely should check it out. If you like good art. Yes. If, if, if you like Kirby Kirby-style style art, um, definitely. Yeah. Check it out. If you like a deep story that, that is rich in history. It's like I said, different strokes for different folks. I'm curious to see, uh, what we, what we have on the docket next week. Cause this has actually been fun. Hmm. hmm. That's it. I'd like, because John didn't really click with the death of Gene DeWolf, and you really didn't click with this book, so I'm very interested to see where we line, where we land uh, next week. I still I still thought it was a good story, though. It's just, yeah, we won't rehash that. I still recommend reading I, it, I like just like it this I like where it ends one. up. I just don't like how we got there, uh, <laughs> which would be the story. So, <laughs> all right, so we won't beat this to the death anymore. Um, Let's do a story that everybody hates next time. Sure. It sounds like a plan. Um, is there... X-Force issue one. <laughs> I have that. I still have. I, 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 I think I still have a copy in the bag. I, 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 yeah, I've got it in a box. Well, X-Force was the one that came with the training I... card, right? Yeah. I think so. I'm pretty, I think I have two copies and I think, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have one in the bag and one that is in the bag. Um, cause it was a number one, man. That was the thing. Oh yeah. Gimmick, baby. You got to fall for. We all bought the gimmick. Uh, well, we'll discuss off air what book we're going to read next week. But you guys should tune in for that. If you're enjoying these comic conversations, let us know. Um, because we're enjoying doing them. So we're going to probably keep doing it for a while. Uh, on that note, you guys have any recommendations, J- uh, JD? Harvest Moon Kickstarter available now. Jump on board for some gory werewolf goodness. Is that it? Yeah, I'm good. I gotta get to the podcast. <laughs> I gotta, I, I gotta go shill some more. How about you, John? Any recommendations? Uh, no, not this week. Uh, well, except New Frontier. Check it out. Uh, also check out the New Frontier. Uh, it's called Justice League: The New Frontier. The uh, animation. Dave, I think uh, you'll like that because they they address a lot of your issues. It's a lot. It's a lot shorter and tighter of the story. Yeah, it, it it actually it actually is, Dave. I would I would recommend you give that a try and and let me know what you think. Uh, okay, I will do that. Um. Of course, I'll recommend 
As I always do, make sure you go to SuperheroSpeak.com and check out the podcast every week. Reviews by our good friend D-Square. And um, don't forget to check out DC Fandom, uh, streaming August 22nd at DCFandom.com because I'm sure we'll be talking about that a lot next week. Apparently they're promising us a lot of reveals and news, so this should be interesting. And uh, the other thing that I'm going to recommend is people should re- go and rewatch Blazing Saddles to get oh, yeah. ready for 2021 Blazing Samurai, a cartoon adaption of Blazing Saddles with cats and dogs. I kid you not, I just found out about this, and it's going to become my new obsession. So <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to leave that leave you with that this week folks so on that note as always thanks for listening don't let your cape get caught in the door have a good week <laughs>